this message was recorded at Vision Baptist Church in Alfred, Georgia. It is our prayer that you will be blessed by the preaching of God's Word. Okay, uh, so David will translate Voy a estar traduciendo. Uh, until we get uh, the system set up back here in the back. Hasta que arreglemos el sistema ahí atrás para que podáis escuchar. We are very glad all of you are here tonight. Estamos muy contentos de que estéis aquí con nosotros. And uh, David speaks very poor Spanish. David habla un español muy pobre, pésimo. Because it's from Spain. Porque es de España. Amen. All of you people that are of South America, you know that's not the best Spanish. Todos los que sois de Latinoamérica sabéis que no es el mejor español. Ayúdame, pues. <laughs> Ayúdame, por favor. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we're going to start off tonight by having Miguel come and share a word of testimony. Vamos a empezar que el hermano Miguel va a pasar y va a traer una palabra de testimonio. And so he'll tell you how he got saved and how he feels that the Lord has led him into the ministry. Y nos va a contar cómo fue salvo y cómo el Señor le guió al ministerio. And whatever else he would like to say. Y cualquier otra cosa que quiera decir. Good evening to you all. Uh, it's a privilege for me to be standing here tonight. Buenas tardes a todos. Es un privilegio para mí estar aquí con vosotros. I'll tell you, uh, since I came in 2001, Desde I, never, que yo en el año 2001, I never thought I would be standing here tonight. Nunca pensé que estaría aquí detrás del uh, I thought I would have a big house, a uh, uh, job that would pay a lot of money, un trabajo que me daría mucho dinero. Uh, just everything that the world usually wants. Todo lo que el mundo por lo general quiere. Uh, but this is a lot, a lot better. Pero esto es muchísimo mejor. Uh, you have no idea how much uh, I appreciate this over anything else. No te imaginas cuánto aprecio esto sobre cualquier otra cosa. Uh, in 2001, when I came, uh, I knew a little bit of Spanish. Cuando vine en, en el año 2001, sabía un poquito de español. Uh, I met the guys, the, the, well, not Vision then, but the Vision guys, future Vision guys. Conocí uh, algunos de, en ese tiempo no era Vision, pero conocí algunos uh, hombres. And, uh, and uh, they came to a meetup group to learn and practice Spanish. Entonces, eh, eh, meet and greet. Uh, yeah, meet and greet. Eh, fui a una reunión donde puedes conocer a personas para poder practicar eh, el español. And, and, and they said, wow, your Spanish is really good. Y ellos me dijeron, tu español es muy bueno. Uh, they didn't know I was from Colombia. No sabían que yo era de Colombia. I thought, I, I thought they, I think they thought I was white, but. Creo que pensaban que era blanco, pero no era así. They're probably, if they're watching, they're probably laughing right now. Sí, están viendo, uh, seguro están riendo. But, but from that moment on, I think, I, I really thank God because that's the moment when... Desde ese momento en adelante, yo le gracias a Dios porque ese es el momento en el que... Uh, God put godly men in my life. Que Dios puso a hombres de Dios en mi vida. Uh, Michael Shane led me to the Lord. Hermano Michael Shane me guió a los pies de Cristo. Tyler Masters did Bible studies with us. Hermano Omar Masters eh, me enseñó la Biblia. I did stray away for a little time. Me aparté por un tiempo. Uh, God was working in my heart during that time. Dios estaba obrando en mi corazón durante ese tiempo. Uh, a mom's prayer, mother's prayer, uh, really works. Let me tell y, you that. Y la oración de una madre realmente funciona. Uh, my mom prayed every day. She told me. Mi madre estaba orando todos los días. Ella me lo, me lo dijo. And uh, I came back. Y volví. Uh, through somebody that he, he works in different ways, but man, he... He really, he really worked in my Dios heart. Obra en maneras, pero obró en mi uh, 
Brother John Pearson uh, guide me through foundations. Hermano John Pearson me guió a través de las clases de fundamentos. He called me and told me, hey, would you help me translate foundations in Spanish? Me llamó y me dijo, ¿me podrías ayudar a traducir las clases de fundamentos en español? And I had no idea he was tricking me to y teach no me the Bible. Y yo no sabía que me estaba tratando de engañar para enseñarme la Biblia. Uh, so I went through foundations with, with Hermano John Pearson. Así que fui a través de esas clases con el hermano John Pearson. And then I started working with Pastor Ronald. Luego empecé a trabajar con el hermano Ronald. Which Díaz. I thank God for putting him in my life. Le gracias a Dios por haberle puesto en mi vida. He's, he's one of the people that have exhorted me. Es uno de los hombres que me ha exhortado. To be in the ministry. Para estar en el ministerio. Uh, little by little, I started catching on to Brother Gardner. Poco a poco fui a, a calentándome más al hermano Guillermo. Uh, I, I usually saw him as this guy that was... Not, not big in, in not, not in, not in himself, but, grande, I mean, this person that, that you usually, I thought usually pastors you couldn't touch. Uh, but he was completely different. The more I knew him, the more I fell in love with his love for people. His love for God. Su amor para Dios. I started seeing how he was so much more different than anybody else. A ver lo que era otras que yo había uh, his transparency. And I started really seeing God in every single one of them. Pastor Gardner, Pastor Ronald, Brother John, Brother John Pearson, everyone here at Vision. Y empecé a ver a Dios en la vida de cada uno de estos hermanos. Hermano Ronald, el pastor, hermano John Pearson y todos los hermanos aquí de Vision. And all this is what drove me or, or exhorted me to be here tonight. Y todo esto fue lo que me llevó a estar aquí esta noche. Uh, to be preaching. Estar predicando. Uh, to be caring for people. Para estar cuidando de los demás. Loving people and teaching the only thing that matters in this earth. Eh, empezar a enseñar y amar a las personas, lo único que realmente importa en este mundo. Which is the word of God. Que es la palabra de Dios. Uh, so thank you all for being here tonight. It's a privilege for me to be standing here among you all. Muchas gracias por venir. Es un privilegio para mí estar aquí con vosotros. All right, I'm going to invite Brother John Pearson to come up here real quickly. You can. Invitar al hermano John Pearson que pase adelante. Brother John uh, has been in the ministry of foundations all this time. I didn't know that Miguel would ever amount to anything. Brother John took him every Sunday morning. He got him to come early, so he had to be here for church. Amen? <laughs> so he was tricky all the way through it. And I, Brother John, you can just say a word about that. Where'd you go? Where'd David go? You're ready? Praise the Lord. Okay. So, Brother John, you come and say a word to the people about what God's done and how that worked. Amen. Well, it's... a. It is very exciting to be here tonight, and especially because of Miguel. And anybody that meets Miguel and gets a chance to spend any time with him just falls in love with him. He's one of the most wonderful, compassionate um, men I've ever met. And uh, Mary Angela is the perfect spouse for him because of that. And, um, you know, foundations is one of those things that you can, you can set it up to get somebody to end up where Miguel's at, but it, it only happens if the, if the Lord's working in his heart and in his life and if he really is receptive to the Word of God. So uh, Miguel was a, was a pleasure to, to spend time with. I never had to call him after the first time. He was always there, and um, he was uh, always ready, and he was always helpful, and I, he almost hated to correct my errors, and there were tons of them, but he almost hated to correct my errors, but Uh, it was a real joy working with him and, and uh, Miguel and Mary Angela. It is absolutely a pleasure 
to see you guys up here and to see you guys being in the position that God's put you in. And so, praise the Lord. I would just like to say this to you. This is kind of a commercial break, but maybe you're not taking the importance of doing foundations. You don't think it's that big a deal. There's a young man in the ministry tonight because somebody did foundations. And so maybe if you take a guy that nobody seems to think is ever going to be in the ministry and you take a little time, maybe the Lord will do that and you could have that privilege. So if you're not doing foundations and you aren't teaching or helping anybody else, then I invite you to talk to Brother John tonight and so that you can get involved in that and he can help you get set up in doing that. Um, I just want you to know that we were not here in 2001, uh, which is, I'm pretty sure what Miguel was saying a while ago. Did he not say 2001? I had no, yeah, you did. Everybody heard him say 2001, say amen. amen. Hey. You're more nervous than I am. I've been there before, once. Uh, and uh, we were, but uh, 2001, we weren't even thinking about a church here. And uh, so I know that it, wasn't, uh, it was 2005 when the guys met Miguel and started working there. What a privilege. This is the first young man saved in the ministry of Vision Baptist Church. What a great God. What a great God. Uh, to have God save him, the very first person. I got a call. I was still in Peru, and he got a call, and Miguel had accepted Christ. And they told me, man, this guy's already gotten saved. I was excited to hear that. And then tonight, eight and a half years later, he is being ordained. Almost nine years later, he is being ordained. And that is a blessing from the Lord of heaven. He is the first of ours that were born here. A lot of others came here from other places, but he was born at Vision Baptist Church. All your giving, all your praying, all your visiting, and all you've done, tonight God's honoring you. Tonight God's honoring you. He's honoring all the sacrifice you've made to keep this church going. He's honoring all the sacrifice you've done to try to get people saved. God's honoring you tonight. And I thank you so much for all you've done. And I'm just blessed and excited at what God's doing. We're going to have Pastor Robert Canfield preach to us for a few minutes. Is the translation thing working good? Está funcionando? Is it working? See? Okay. Thank you for saying it was. <laughs> I'm batting O for zero today, or zero for one today, so thank you for uh, saying that. If you would take your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 20. Um, Miguel, I just want to say congratulations on this spe- spectacular day. God has really shown himself strong in your life, and today we get to praise God for the work he's done in your life and say that you are God's man. So thank you, Miguel, for your, for your testimony, and church, we should rejoice. I'd like to give you a lesson today, just one little lesson from the life of Paul, upon the many that I've talked before out of Acts, but I'd like to give you one more. If you would, take your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 20, verse 22. The Bible says this, and now, this is Paul speaking, Behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Save the Holy Ghost witness in every city, saying, Bonds, that bonds and afflictions abide me. Verse 24, I want to look at verse 24 in more depth. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and my ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ, or Lord Jesus, to testify of the grace of the gospel. Today, Miguel, I'd like to talk to you about finishing your course in your ministry, and not just finishing your course in your ministry, but finishing it with joy, as the Bible says. You know, ministry is just that. It's ministering. 
It's about serving God and it's about serving others. It's not about you. And that will, and, and that will cause problems in your life. There will be people that don't agree with you. There will be people like, that, that, that like your way that you preach or that don't like the way you preach. And there will be people that, will suppose that, you, that, that you suppose that you love them or they love you and they'll leave you. And can I tell you something? Paul faced all these things in previous chapters. He had, he had a man that was going to serve him and minister unto him named John Mark. And he left. There will be obstacles and, 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 and persecution that's going to arise in your life. And Paul had dealt with an angry mob in Ephesus in just the, the, the chapter before in Acts chapter 19, verse 27. There will be times that you will be afraid and you feel like you want to quit. Paul dealt with that same feeling in Acts chapter 18 at Corinth. There will be times when you feel like, like you're not being affected as you ought to be or people aren't getting saved like you want or you thought they should be. And so maybe you, 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 you want to quit or maybe you want to fabricate some, some numbers. And can I tell you, Paul dealt with all those things. And the reason why I tell you these things is that so you know that these problems can rob a preacher of his joy in ministry. Miguel, ever since I've known you, you've had a wonderful attitude. You're always smiling, you're always giggling, you're always joking. You have a great attitude. But if you're not careful, sometimes when you deal with problems, sometimes when you deal with struggles, you'll lose that attitude. And Miguel, you don't have to. You don't have to allow anything to rob you of your joy. Paul says that he wants to finish his course. He wants to finish his ministry. And he wants to do it with joy. So today, Miguel, I, I, I beg you, don't let anything rob you of your joy. Once you have that in your heart, you won't let, that you won't let anything rob you of your joy. Then the next question is, how do you finish with joy? How, how is it that you can finish with joy? And I believe the answer is in verse 24. In the first part of Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, the Bible says this, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. In the previous verses, back in verse 22 and verse 3, 23, Paul had just told the, uh, the, the elders at Ephesus that he was going to go to Jerusalem and he didn't know what he was going to face. He didn't know if he was going to be in jail. He didn't know if he was going to die. He actually later on tells them in this chapter that they will, no, that they will no longer see him face to face. He knows that the Holy Spirit did tell him that imprisonment and persecution will be waiting, waiting for him in every city he went to. But this time it's different. Paul tells them that they will never again see his face. But in that sadness, Paul sheds a light on how we are to finish this course, finish ministry with, with, with joy. And I'd like to give you two things. The first thing is, don't let anything move you. That means, don't let what happens move you. That entails of keeping your emotions and your thought life in check. You want to finish your course? You want to finish your ministry that the Lord has set before you and do so with joy? then don't be an emotional basket case. Don't let emotional people affect you. Be a man whose mind is, is, is fixed on the Lord. And when your mind is fixed on the Lord, he says in Isaiah verse 26, verse 3, he says, you will have peace. Keep your eyes on Jesus, and then you will be able to run the race that's before you. And you'll be able to finish it with joy. Don't let your, effect, don't let your situations, don't let your problems move you. And the second way, he says in verse 24, he says, none of, these things, none of these things move me, but in verse 24 he says, neither count I my life dear unto myself. The second way is, don't be self-focused. Don't be self-focused. You can worry about people serving you, 
but what, but rather what you, uh, you you can't worry about people serving you, but rather you must worry about serving others. You can't worry about what others might say about you, but you you can't worry about what, how how others might treat you. You are supposed to be a dead man who's reborn as a servant, and now nothing can bother you, because you're the old man is now dead. You are now to serve and minister your father and others. You're now to serve and minister and finish your course with joy. You lose your joy when you begin to think about how other people have wronged you, when other people haven't taken notice of the things that you've done or sacrifices you've made. You begin to worry. You begin to think and and, and meditate on things about yourself. But if you're going to finish this ministry, if you're going to finish your course with joy, you can't be self-focused or care what will happen to you. You can't care what happens to you. You know how Jesus could could for the joy that was set before him endure the cross? He wasn't focused on himself. He wasn't focused on himself. Paul tells in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 15 he says that he will very gladly spend and be spent for those that church in Corinth. And though the though, though the more abundantly he loves them, the less he's going to be loved. Paul would go through the ringer like few have gone through and finished his course in ministry. And you too, Miguel, you too can go and this, this, the start of this journey, you can finish it, and not only finish it, but you can finish it with joy. But you can't do it looking at yourself. You're stepping into the ministry, and ministry means service. And God's given you this ministry. So Miguel, don't be self-focused. Think of others. Think of your Lord. And Miguel, don't let things bother you. Be like a man who's, whose face is, is like a flint and set on a job that God's given you. And do it to, your, to everything that you have in you. And then at the end, when your ministry's done and your course is done, you can look back and say, man, hasn't God been good? Hasn't He been wonderful? And you won't let something that's so precious, something like a gift that God's given us, a ministry, rob you of your joy. Miguel, I'm, 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 I'm excited to see what God's going to do with you. But don't ever lose that spirit that you got. Always rejoice. Always rejoice in all things because you serve a great God. A few years ago, um, I came into the service on Sunday morning, and uh, Mary Angela's uh, cousin was in the back of the auditorium singing a song, and Mary Angela was near the piano right here, and uh, Miguel was down on his knee, and he was talking to Mary Angela, and I just walked into the church, and I thought, what is Miguel doing? He needs to stand up, you know? And he's not all that tall on his knee. You couldn't hardly see him up here. And so I thought, what is happening? And so I was about to yell and say, Miguel, what are you doing? And who is playing that music? And uh, Zach Elrod said, Trent, I think they're about to get um, engaged. And uh, they did. Right here in this spot, Miguel asked Mary Angela to marry him. And it was fitting because the relationship had happened in this church. And they had grown to love the Lord. And, and in doing so, they learned to love each other. And I was glad that I showed up. Uh, just in time to see that, a culmination of God doing something in their lives. He had met her, he fell in love with her, he asked her to marry him and then get to go uh, to the wedding and then get to see him make his formal uh, commitment to her for lifelong service with her. And it was a beautiful wedding. But I also got to see another story, and that's when I got to meet you as a teenager. And uh, being in Peru with Pastor and talking about the church here, I saw a meetup online. Um, on the website, and I believe I even saw your aunt's picture, and then you come to the Lord, and your aunt and your mom coming to the Lord, 
and then you having an interest in the word and in your word it grew in you and then you love the word to study it and to teach it and tonight we come to a formal event where you say i want to give my life for the ministry of the word and that's what we get to be part of here tonight is that a man of God is being recognized by our church that he wants to give his life to the ministry of the word. And we say that is what's best for the sake of the gospel and for us that we make it possible for him to do that. In Acts chapter number 6, we see um, some people given the opportunity to give their lives to the word. We learn about the ordination process and the pastoral epistles. We also see in the book of Acts um, that men lay their hands upon um, Paul and, and Barnabas there, or Paul and Silas there, and laid their hands uh, upon them and set them apart for ministry in a little bit. Ordained men will lay their hands upon Miguel, and we will pray for him. But in Acts chapter number 6, we see that there's a church and a group of people that recognize that we must give this man, this group of people, time to study the Word, because that's what's best uh, for all of us. Acts 6, 1 through 4, In those days when the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily menstruation. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over his over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Verse number four, it says that they would give themselves to the word. So quickly, I would like to tell you how you're going to do that. And I'd like to encourage our church, especially our brothers and sisters in here that speak uh, Spanish, that are part of the Spanish congregation moving forward, how he's going to do that. Just in this story, we saw a group of people that were doing the work of the ministry, and they were also giving themselves to the work of the Word. They were already doing it, and they said, we want to continue in this. We see it, first of all, because of verses 3 and 4, it said that they were doing the work they wanted to continue. And another evidence of the fact that there was these men teaching the Word is that these deacons that had these qualifications had to have a church to grow up in. And as I look at Miguel and his life right now, that there's brothers and sisters in this room that have grown to a point of service that want to help him move forward because you've already grown from his teaching. You've already benefited. You're already making decisions inside of your family and in your personal life based upon the word of God that he has helped teach. And we see that it's not a temporary office, not just for the apostles. And Ephesians 4, he says that he's going to give them church gifted pastor teachers. It says that these people that give themselves to the word ought to receive double honor. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 says that he is worthy of his hire, that as he teaches the word, he ought to be taken care of. So we can conclude that in the New Testament, that God prescribes for a church that there would be some people set apart for the ministry of the word, and that these pastors, teachers, would devote their main life efforts to the ministry and be supported by the church. That it was God's idea that people would be set aside for this type of work, and his work, Miguel, is that um, of the word. So how do you give yourself to the ministry? How do you persist and continue to give yourself to it? And the first thing that I would tell you is to continue to feed the sheep. When he says, lovest thou me, in John chapter number 21, is feed the sheep. You're giving your entire life to feeding the sheep. Those apostles there, they stopped feeding the widows, and some people stepped up to help, but they never took their apron off. They just kept feeding people. They said, if we don't help him do some of this work, we won't get fed. So he says, I'm going to feed the people that feed the widows. You're giving your whole life the feeding of the sheep. 
that man cannot live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that our church can't live unless the word of God is being taught to us. As Ezra would say, that he said in his heart to study the law and to do it and to teach the statues. You give in your life to study it, to do it, and to teach it. And we should be zealous of doing things uh, like this. So first of all, you're going to feed the sheep. Secondly, I want to encourage you, how you're going to give your life to the ministry of the word is you have to pour your heart into it. We're told that we're supposed to give ourselves to prayer and also to the word. You, if you study without praying, that's going to be a work of pride. If you pray without study, then that's just audacious to think that you don't need to hear from God and that you only need to talk to him. When we study this word properly, it's going to want to cause us to want to pray. And when we pray, it's going to make us want to know him so much more. So they don't compete against each other, but you have a ministry and a responsibility to this church family to give your life to this book. And in so doing, you're going to give your life to be committed to pray. Proverbs 3 says, Thou criest after knowledge and liftest thy voice for understanding. Thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. Then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. If you will cry out to him and you will study this word, you will know him and you will present him faithfully to our church. And then thirdly here, not only you pour your heart out and will you feed the sheep, but you're going to endure hardness. Brother Roberts already spoke about this, but not a physical hardness. Sometimes it will be physically hard because you'll stay up late at night on Saturdays to be prepared for the Word. It's going to be emotionally hard when people that you love may walk away. It's going to be spiritually hard when you feel like the whole world is between you getting to a place where you can study for a message. But as a good soldier, you endure that hardness because you've been given the privilege to give yourself to the Word. And then I encourage you to serve with great joy. There is no better way to spend this vapor of life than we have been given to spend it in the ministry of the Word. And I know your heart. And he would tell you, this church, that he thanks you with all of his heart that you are allowing him the privilege of giving his life unto the Word. He is giving himself for this book for your sake. And it's an incredible honor and it's an incredible privilege that we have And it was God's idea. And tonight we recognize that he is worthy of this honor. And as and a result is that the word of God will increase and the multitude will um, the multitude disciples will spread. And so I have no doubt that the, the result of you giving your life to word and prayer will result in more disciples. That more people will be here on this day with this same thing happening. More strong men will be built in our church. More families will be restored because on this day you've given yourself to the word. You are being blessed and honored by this church tonight. And I just want to recognize that our church and this community will be blessed because of the fact that you've given yourself to the word. See, in all honesty, outside of his family, I think probably the two people that have had the most influence in McGill's life and have done been used of God most would be Brother John Pearson and Ronald Tobias. And I thank God for them and their great investment in Miguel's life. Today, I count Miguel as a great uh, co-laborer and servant of the Lord, and I think it's much to do with Brother John taking the time week after week to go through the discipleship lessons and to work together with him, and then Ronald working in the ministry. Ronald Tobias is a pastor of the Iglesia Bautista Monte Trinidad, uh, and uh, they are doing a great job over there, and he's going to come and preach for you. And the translator is David Velasquez. Uh, if you don't know, David's a member of our church also, uh, and David is a missionary in Spain and grew up on the mission field. And so you listen now 
because uh, Ron will be preaching in Spanish, and so you'll get in English, just hang in there, you'll get it. If you visit us on the mission field somewhere, you live with this for a solid week. Es un gozo poder estar otra vez acá con ustedes y poder compartir esta noche con Miguel David. Es maravilloso ver cómo Dios lo ha hecho crecer en la gracia. No puedo creer que ha estado casado y doy gracias a Dios por su vida. Dios lo ha usado de una manera, Dios lo está usando de una manera impresionante. Uh, yo quiero darle gracias al Señor por la iglesia también. Maravilloso well. ver cómo Dios está obrando en la iglesia. Doy gracias a Dios también por mi pastor, hermano so Guillermo. Pastor, Conozco a él hace más de 20 años. Y doy gracias a Dios por ese testimonio de vida que And tiene él. So hey, también hoy día vi a mi viejo amigo Mike Staley allá atrás. Me, pre me preguntó si iba a predicar en inglés. Le dije, no, esta vez uh, no lo voy a hacer. Quiero compartir con ustedes. Primero quiero hablar a la iglesia. A la iglesia uh, quiero decir a la iglesia hispana. Uh, Miguel va a empezar otro ministerio. Y yo quisiera que todos los hermanos de la iglesia uh, oraran por él. Apo apoyaran a él. To help him, support y trabajaran him. con él. Hay, la mies es mucha uh, y hay muy pocos obreros. Hay que cuidar a los obreros que tenemos. Especialmente si son fieles, si aman a Dios, si sirven a Dios. Doy gracias a Dios por la vida de Miguel. Quiero compartir algo de la Biblia. Vamos a la palabra de Dios, el libro de Hechos. En mi iglesia predico, predico casi 45 minutos. Entonces, uh, acá me van a quemar si paso eso, ¿me? Uh, ok, uh, uh, diez, ocho minutos, ok. Muy bien. Uh, uh, la Biblia dice, en, 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 por favor, en el libro de Hechos, capítulo 20. Acá vemos la historia... De, de cómo Pablo está predicando la palabra de Dios y vemos un, un hecho bastante curioso vemos que en el versículo número 7 el primer día de la semana los, los discípulos estaban reunidos y Pablo estaba predicando el primer día de la semana y vemos ahí que Pablo estaba, dice la Biblia, disertando hasta muy tarde. Y dice la Biblia que había un hombre que estaba hasta la medianoche y cayó y, y murió. Entonces mi primera recomendación para Miguel es que no haga eso. Ok. <laughs> predica corto <laughs> ok, luego dice la Biblia que este hombre está resucitado su nombre es Eutico y ese significa feliz y luego vemos en el libro de Hechos 20, 17 And it says in, uh, verse 17, Acts 20, dice la palabra enviando pues desde Mileto a Éfeso hizo llamar a los ancianos uh, de la iglesia Acá vemos algo especial. Vemos que Pablo llama a los, a los ancianos. 
y vemos para darles algunos consejos. Él se va a despedir de ellos. Esta despedida es emocionante, es, es solemna y les da unos consejos a los líderes. La Biblia habla de los ancianos. Ancianos son miembros de una iglesia. A veces son personas mayores. Pero no solamente habla de una persona mayor, pero una persona madura. Es una, uh, un anciano también es una persona que uh, um, ayuda, que observa, que supervisa, que enseña. Y en este caso aplica a Miguel. Porque Miguel está enseñando, está, está, este, está eh, predicando y también, y también está ayudando. Que es muy importante, no solamente predicar, pero servir. Entonces, eh, Dios está hablando a estos líderes y le da varios consejos. Versículo 18. Dice, cuando vinieron a él, les dijo. Vosotros sabéis cómo me he comportado. Lo primero que quiero que veas es que Pablo le dice, mira cómo yo me he comportado. Y luego le dice todo el tiempo. Cómo me he comportado entre vosotros todo el tiempo. All times, Eso all quiere seasons. decir que Pablo tuvo que estar bastante tiempo con ellos o que ellos conocían a Pablo mucho tiempo entonces él está diciendo miren ustedes mi comportamiento miren mi, mis acciones y lo primero que quiero decirte Miguel es que los hermanos van a ver cómo tú te comportas y, y también tienes que ser un hombre fiel Proverbios dice la palabra de Dios que eh, tienes que tener un buen nombre. Uh, la mañana estaba escuchando el testimonio de mi amigo Juan. Y dice, ¿cómo puedes reducir, cómo puedes tú este, dar un resumen del ministerio? Hay dos cosas que te pueden sacar del ministerio. Y una de ellas es el pecado. El, el, el ministerio se resume en dos cosas. Tienes que ser fiel y tienes que tener santidad. Y Dios quiere acá que, Dios, vemos acá como este hombre eran hombres, le dicen, mira mi vida. Versículo 19 dice la palabra, dice en la Biblia, versículo 19, sirviendo al Señor. El siguiente que quiero decirte, Miguel, es que tu principal responsabilidad es servir al Señor. No te olvides de servir al Señor. A veces estamos preocupados de servir a los hermanos y, y ayudar a ellos. Pero tu responsabilidad es servir al Señor. Es tener comunión con Él. Es leer tu Biblia. Es orar. Es tener esa relación íntima con Él. Recuerda que todo lo que haces es para Él. Luego dice el versículo 19, dice, sirviendo al Señor, con toda humildad la palabra humildad quiere decir que tienes que aprender a dar valor a las demás personas uno de nuestros trabajos es comenzar a dar valor a las personas las personas están en esclavitud las personas están en pecado hay personas que han llegado a la iglesia 
que no me miraban a los ojos porque se sentían sucias porque la noche anterior habían estado en un bar o porque habían estado en el pecado ¿sabes cuál es tu trabajo? servir con humildad dar valor a esas personas en el nombre del Señor esas almas son valiosas para Dios tienes que servir con humildad versículo 20 dice la palabra y como antes nadie fue su útil no he rehuido veinte como nada que fuese útil no he rehuido o escapado dice no tengo temor no tengo temor de enseñar la palabra no he huido de enseñar la palabra entonces otra cosa que tienes que tener es no tener temor de enseñar la palabra de Dios no tengas miedo de predicar lo que dice la palabra la palabra del Señor dice la Biblia anunciar el Evangelio dice en la, eh, anunciar es proclamar públicamente no solamente en la iglesia pero en las casas, en las calles donde vayas proclama el Evangelio del Señor públicamente anuncia y proclama la palabra la palabra del Señor Dios te va a hacer de una manera increíble hermano y que Dios te bendiga y que uh, el Señor siempre, 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 su Espíritu Santo te guíe en cada predicación. Y mi único sueño es que, hermano, cuando seas viejito, todavía le sigas sirviendo al Señor firme. David, to translate, because I want to talk to Spanish people. I want to ask you if you quiero hablar con los que son de la iglesia hispana un ratito. I would like to speak with those that are the Hispanic church. Decirles lo que quiero pedirles que hagan. I would like for you to do this. Si si Dios les da un pastor un hombre para ser guía de tu ministerio. If God has given you a man to guide your ministry. Entonces ustedes deben número uno orar mucho por él. First thing you need to do is pray for him. Porque es un ministerio de mucha carga, mucha responsabilidad. It's a very burdensome job. Y, y la, la verdad es que Satanás hará lo que sea posible para so que no siga fiel. Segunda cosa es, hay que ayudarle con la responsabilidad de la iglesia. Si él va a estar haciendo obra en dos iglesias, ustedes deben llegar temprano, quedar tarde, ayudar a preparar las cosas para el servicio, y limpiar después el culto, y protegerle a él, porque está haciendo una obra más grande que la mayoría. Está, estará predicando acá en la mañana uh, escuela umbilical y culto manejando más que una hora more than an hour, predicando en la tarde in the manejando una hora para volver an hour to come back, y entonces está acá en el culto en la noche y ustedes deben cuidar por sus necesidades y ustedes deben ver lo que falta lo que le hace falta deben cuidar sus zapatos 
Take care of his shoes. Si sus zapatos tienen huecos, uh, cómprale unos zapatos. If his zapatos. shoes have holes, go buy him some shoes. Uh, cuando sus uh, ternos parecen que ya están gastaditos. When his suits look like they're worn out. Get him a suit. Uh, cómprale un terno. Get him a suit. Y tomen responsabilidad de la obra. And you need to assume responsibility for the work. Uh, la verdad es que en, nos, entre nosotros a veces es el pastor que debe llevar toda la iglesia. Truth is, many times we think it's the pastor that has to carry all the responsibility. Pero una buena iglesia. But a good church. El pastor solo guía. The pastor just guides. Y, y los hermanos hacen la obra. And the, and the brothers do the work. Y para los que hablan español les digo acá. Okay. For those that speak Spanish, I'd like to tell you. La obra que yo tengo acá en la iglesia de, de los gringuitos. The, the work that I have uh, with all the uh, gringos. People, I guess. What do you call them? No, never mind. All, all the uh, Americans. You can't say white people because yeah. they're, they're not all white. Thank you. Uh, no puedo decir blanco porque no todos son blancos. Amén. Y quiero que haya más color. Sí, es verdad. Ah. <laughs> Pero yo, yo, honestamente, yo llego al culto. I honestly, I come to the service. Hay gente que han limpiado todo. There are people that have cleaned everything. Uh, hay gente que han hecho literalmente todo. People that have done everything, literally yo, everything. Yo llego acá. I come here. Y predico. And I preach. Y hay gente haciendo todo el ministerio acá. doing all the ministry here. No debe, no debe ser diferente con, diferente con ustedes. It shouldn't be any different for Ustedes no deben decir, oh, Miguelito, trabaja para nosotros. You shouldn't say, uh, Miguel, please work for us. The Miguel trabaja con nosotros, Say pero no para nosotros, us, de amor. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Primera de Timoteo, capítulo 6. Uh, open your Bibles, uh, what in the world? Abren sus Biblias a Primera de Timoteo 6, 20. Open your Bibles to 1 Timothy, chapter 6, and verse 20. And Miguel, I would just like to talk to you for a few brief moments. And uh, I want to read this passage to you. I was just sitting here thinking how much I love you. And how proud of you that I am. And I think our whole church feels that tonight. And I want you to know uh, that what's happening tonight is we're recognizing what God has done in your life. He's picked you. He's chosen to allow you to have his book. And the gospel. And the ministry. I do not know of a more awesome thing that could be laid on any man anywhere. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 20, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. In a very special and unique way, God trusted us with the gospel. Paul's talking to Timothy. Timothy's a young preacher in the ministry. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 11, he said, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to to my trust. So God is trusting you and our church is trusting you and the Spanish church is trusting you. The deacons of our church are trusting you. The men have voted. And tonight we've said, we're saying we can trust you to hold that book and to stand up in front of people and to love people and to care about people and to preach the gospel to them. The staff is saying that. The leadership of our church is saying that. And the church is saying that. The Apostle Paul said, keep what he's committed to you. And uh, there's no more awesome responsibility. This is honestly beyond even being a husband or a dad. You're being trusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Eternity and souls. You'll know good and well you're going to take care of your wife. 
to take care of children whenever God gives you them, but to have the Word of God put in your hands and for God to say, I trust you. That's a big step. That's a massive step. So I challenge you to be very careful to know from now on there is a pressure on your shoulders that nobody but other preachers will understand. Nobody will understand it. It's just like a Sunday school teacher, they'll think, but it's not. And they'll never understand that because they've never been where you're going to be. You're going to stand in front of people between the living and the dead and preach and pray to God that you didn't get in the way and that he was able to use you and he was able to save people and you didn't mess it up. You're going to lead a church, wonderful people that will trust you, that God will give to your leadership, and you're going to have to be careful. you got the Bible. God calls on you to be a very special man, a gifted man, a man of vision, a man of passion, a man that puts the Lord first, and a man that's careful with the Bible. You're going to have to be a studying man because this book's something you're not going to understand. You're going to study it 50 years, and you will not have scratched the surface. Nobody understands the Bible. The guy who claims he understands the Bible doesn't understand how deep it is. Because the deeper you dig, the more there is. The more you study, the more you learn. You'll never get all that's in the Bible. The second thing it says in the passage of Scripture in 1 Timothy 6.20, it says, Keep that which is committed to thy trust. And it says, Avoid profane and vain babblings and opposition of science falsely so called. Don't get off target. Most preachers find out about psychology. They find out about philosophy. They find out about a hundred other things they could use instead of the Word of God. And what we're asking you to do, what I'm challenging you to do tonight, is just preach the book. Just open the Bible and explain the Bible. No psychologist has ever known what our God knows. No scientist has ever been as caught up as an old Bible that's over 2,000 years old. Nobody has ever been that caught up. That's the honest truth. Their scientists are still struggling to catch up. It, only 200 years ago did they catch up with some of the things in the Old Testament. This is the Word of God. When you hold it, you can trust it. He did create the world. He did work all the miracles. He does save people. He is a great God. Don't you ever doubt that. Just preach His book. Don't get off target. Don't mess around with other junk. Don't, don't even, hey, you, you don't need what everybody else can teach you. you got the Bible. Get with men of God, say the Bible, get a hold of God, and do that. And last thing, finish what you start. Tonight's an easy night for you. It's a sweet night. It's a night to get recognized. It's a night for us to say things to you and tell you how much we love you. But I promise you, the scars are coming. The battles are coming. The devil will fight you. Everything will stand against you. Nobody will understand that but you. And alone at night, when nobody else is in the battle, you'll be in the battle. Because the devil is going to do everything in his power to take you out. He doesn't want you to be faithful to your wife. He doesn't want you to take care of your family. He doesn't want you to stay faithful to God. He will do what he can to destroy you. By the way, if you were somebody else, he wouldn't be near as worried about it. But God trusted you with his book. And so the devil is going to do what he can to get you away from the book. He's going to do what he can. So stay. Put your hands to the plow and don't look back. Someday... When you're old and dying, you're laying down in a grave, I hope somebody will say, he wasn't perfect, but man, he stuck to the book. And he loved Jesus, and he loved people. And so here it is. He's trusting you tonight. 
to me, that's like the most awesome thing that ever happened in my life. As much as I would have liked some other kind of thing to do, as much as I'd like something else that would have given me money or fame or whatever, I know this, God trusted me with his book. And then he trusted me with some people. And there's nothing greater than that. And I, I hope that you're further down the road than I was. I hope some people in your life are helping you learn. We don't hurt people. We love people. We're not here to pick on people, kick people, guilt people, manipulate people. We're sharing good news. Good news. They come here, they ought to walk into an environment that says, man, this is a wonderful place. I'm hearing about a great God and great salvation and all the great work of our great God. So hang on to that and stick with it. I'll challenge you with that, with everything in me. It's committed to your trust. Father in heaven, I ask you to work in Miguel's life tonight. And I pray that you would help him and strengthen him and work in him. And God, bring honor and glory to your name through him. And I'll give you praise for all you do. I thank you for Miguel. And I thank you for Mary Angela. And I pray your richest blessings on them. And God, please work, even in this time of prayer. And I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. This message was recorded at Vision Baptist Church in Alfred, Georgia. For more information, log on to www.visionbaptist.com where you can find our service times, location, contact information, and more audio and video recordings.